Good afternoon. Welcome to the Long Live the First Amendment and Free Speech Podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Today I read the case Mullins v. State 530-SW2D-113, Texas Court of Criminal Appeals, 1975. Friends, what are you doing right now? I hope you are pondering the advancement of the First Amendment and anti-obscenity because that's what we're here for today. So let us proceed with that mission. What happened in this case? The decision says, quote, In a trial before a jury, appellant was convicted of exhibiting obscene matter to wit an obscene motion picture. Punishment was assessed at a fine of $999 and one day in jail. End quote. $999. I've never seen that exact amount. Usually it's 1000 or 500 maybe 2000 but never $999. So I don't know why they impose that precise figure. One day in jail. That may sound like a little bit, but it's one day too many if you ask me. What else happened? It says, quote, The record reflects that at all times pertinent to this case, appellant Jerry Paul Mullins was the proprietor in charge of the operation of Jerry Jerry's Art Flick Number 2, a theater in Fort Worth. On June 18, 1973, police officer Franks of the Fort Worth Vice Control and Intelligence Unit purchased a $3 ticket, entered the theater, and viewed the motion picture Love Lies Waiting. After seeing the entire film, he left and prepared an affidavit setting forth in detail the prurient nature of the film. On June 20th, he presented the affidavit to Honorable Byron Matthews, Judge of the Criminal District Court No. 1 of Tarrant County. Judge Matthews, after reviewing the affidavit, issued his order directing the manager and operator of the theater and all agents and employees thereof to retain the film at the theater without secreting the same or making any alterations pending an adversary hearing. The hearing was set for June 20th, 1973 at 2.30 p.m. Notice that such hearing was served at 11.40 on June 20th. That afternoon, Judge Matthews viewed the film and finding it was obscene and was being exhibited in violation of Article 527 of VAPC determined that probable cause existed for the immediate issuance of a search warrant for its seizure. The warrant was issued and the film seized. The affidavit and the instruments reflecting the above proceedings of Judge Matthews were introduced in evidence at the trial for the record only and were not exhibited to the jury. End quote. Any of you old-timers out there see Love Lies Waiting? 1973 was a long time ago. It was five years before I was born. So you have to be very old to have seen that. You have to have been at least 18, probably 21. So you have to be in your 70s or so. Or older. But if by chance an old-timers out there listening to this, let me know. Do you think the film was obscene? Do you think it was good? Did you enjoy it? Did you find pleasure? I suppose someone could have come across it years later, but that would have been very difficult given the circumstance here of it being declared obscene. It also says, quote, at the trial, in addition to other evidence, the film was introduced as State's Exhibit 5, which was exhibited to the jury and was found by the jury to be obscene, end quote. Jury, you suck. Too bad I wasn't on that jury, or someone like me, because we would have 
but this court also says, quote, the film is a part of the appellate record and we have viewed it. We agree with the jury's verdict that it meets the conditions of hardcore obscenity set forth in Miller versus California and in West and Soto Supra, end quote. Seems like everybody agrees this film is obscene. Everybody in power. What about the rest of us? I like how they call it hardcore obscenity. Is there a such thing as softcore obscenity? I don't think so. This trial focused on procedure grounds. One was one issue was about having enough time for the hearing. One was enough about enough time to prepare objections. But this court didn't find either argument persuasive, ruling that it was fine what they did. They do say that, quote, the remainder of the appellant's grounds of error are merely listed, one following another without any discussion, argument, reference to the record or authorities, end quote. They do not, quote, they do not comply with the requirements of Article 40.09, Section 9, VACC, End quote. So, friends, when we're preparing these appellant briefs, we got to keep that in mind to make sure we don't just list things, but give discussion, argument, reference, and authorities. As I'm learning the legal brief writing process, I've, I do see those parts of the brief required by law. I, saw, I studied a template of what is required, and indeed those are. So I plan on including what I can. Ultimately, the court ruled the following, quote, the judgment is affirmed, end quote. That sucks. What can we learn from this? What did we come to a realization about after discussing and reading this case? We need to keep fighting. This was a long time ago, but it can still serve as inspiration, as information, as education for what we need to do. It is possible Mr. Mullins is dead by now. Very possible. He could be alive. He could be very old. Unless he committed a heinous offense, he may be in First Amendment heaven or may be headed there, which is where we need to strive to go. So let's grasp what happened here and use it as inspiration to galvanize us to the greater place of First Amendment heaven. How will you advance the First Amendment, freedom of speech, and third parties today? Long live the First Amendment and free speech. Goodbye.